What's up, Energy Fam? This is Justin, and welcome back to another episode of Wicked Energy with JG. My goal with each episode is to deconstruct the minds of today's energy thought leaders to uncover their framework and tools used in their journeys of providing energy to the world. So sit back, relax, and remember that everything you see around you requires some form of energy. Welcome back to another episode of Wicked Energy with JG. I'm here for round two, which most people, he's never been on the Wicked Energy podcast. He was on my, the old one I was on. I got my man Jake Corley here from Digital Wildcatters in the Digital Wildcatters new but old school but new school studio. Jake, tell us what's up, man. Dude, this been? is the OG studio. <laughs> yeah, it is. This is it. This is where it all started. It is. Actually, I've been in here and recorded a few times back in the day when you guys first got started. I actually think... um I think I was in here with Yusuf. Probably. <laughs> yeah. Me, you, and Colin and Yusuf yeah. were in here chopping it up, talking about I don't know what. Um, but yeah, man, it's a pleasure to have you on. Uh, give us a recap, man. Like, Actually, real quick, um, speaking of stories, we we're just telling a bunch of stories, but uh, BP, you know, the, the Bernard Looney, I mean, mm -hmm. what's your thoughts about that? I, I think it's kind of funny that that came out and- I don't well, know. What's the what's the news? Because I've been I've been living under a rock lately. So it came out. So yesterday he abruptly resigned from BP. Didn't know that. Okay. This is, this oh. is breaking news. Oh, for breaking me. Didn't news. Know. Okay. okay. So give me the situation. I, yeah. So uh, again, Financial Times came out, and then everyone else came out and said basically, hey, Bernard Looney, what? he had some inappropriate relationships, or he had some relationships with people within the organization uh, okay. that uh, apparently he shouldn't have. And then he abruptly resigned because always either whether it was a whistleblower. I don't know. There's probably news on it today. But the headline yesterday and what happened was basically, yeah, he he. So the, the CFO now took his place, but he was having inappropriate relationships with people within the company, which it's not the last it's not going to be the last time. It's definitely not the first. But, man, that's a tough signal, especially when you've been competing against, you know, people like Chevron and Exxon. And then that happens and then their stock already wasn't doing as great. So. I don't know. I just, I, it was, that's it was a some, bold move to be the CEO of one of the largest companies in the world to, uh, yeah, to go down that path. Yeah. Which again, it, it happens more often than not, but it's, uh, yeah, I posted something on LinkedIn yesterday. Everyone's just like completely shitting on him. Like he's a terrible CEO. And on top of that, you know, they're all this renewable stuff that they're doing. And then on top of that, like their stock sucks. I'm like, Hey everyone, sorry to interrupt, but this episode is sponsored by 10X Technologies, pushing the boundaries of chemistry. 10X is innovating the future of the oil and gas industry with their proprietary materials-based technology solutions. With cutting edge products like NanoClear, custom designed nanofluids engineered to maximize the production of new completions and rejuvenate existing wells, 10X is driving a revolution in oil extraction. Meet Microhold, a specially engineered microparticle slurry that optimizes frac efficiency, props microfracs, and triggers far field diversion every well, every time sees the benefits. And if you're worried about frac hits, 10X has you covered with no hit, an innovative technology that mitigates frac hits via in-situ pressurization reaction. It's protection where you need it most. Then there's Sandbond, a sand consolidation chemical solution that's just another example of 10X's commitment to practical field-ready solutions. And let's not forget about Seroflow, a greener, cost-effective, proprietary blend of design materials to banish paraffin issues once and for all. That's 10X, where innovation meets application in the oil and gas industry. Find out more about their groundbreaking solutions at pumpmoreoil.com. And be on the lookout for five, yeah, you heard it, five new products launching soon. Now, let's get back to the show. I don't know. I can't really measure whether or not he was a good or bad CEO, but man, that's a that's a that's a blow to them and again their stock and everything else. So they've we'll done they've done arguably probably more greenwashing than I think just about uh, anybody. I think from from like a messaging perspective, yeah, right. I mean, they've gone through all these like rebrands a few different times, and it's like almost like they're not proud to be from oil and gas, at least from HQ. You talk to a lot of employees from like the bottom up, and it's a totally yeah. different. Totally different sentiment, but I think that, yeah, I think a lot of people kind of have a, a, the same view of that organization. <laughs> yeah. And so this definitely doesn't help. No, it doesn't, man. It just, uh, again, yeah, breaking news. I thought that was crazy. Um, what else is going on? What, what's got you excited nowadays, man? Besides digital wildcats, we're going to get into that. I mean, I know you- Man, this is like all I think about. That's I why like, I'm, I like, I don't pay attention to the news. Like I barely pay attention to like social media. It's like, I've yeah. just, I've stayed in my lane uh, as has, you know, kind of the rest of the team and just- trudging forward yeah and this has been dude and we kicked this off in like what 2018 or 2023 now so like five years 
Yeah. Does it feel like it's been five years? It feels like in it's some been ways, ten yeah. years underwater holding. Yeah, breath. like yeah. Sometimes it's like yeah, it, it feels, you know, it feels like you know it's been a long time. Especially like you know we were we did this like State of the Union podcast, and I'm going back and looking through the archives of of old podcasts and videos and and photos from events and stuff. And you're like, man, that just seems like forever ago. Well, then sometimes it just seems like it was. You know, just yesterday, just yesterday that we were in this in room, this room, with, yeah. like desk set up, and we had a couch over here, we had a projector on the wall, uh, and this yeah. was it. And it was just like me, Colin, Julie, yeah, um, no employees, no money. Um, <laughs> wasn't really sure like what we were doing or which direction that we were going in, and yeah, it's just wild that I don't know. It's just been a crazy journey. It a has crazy been. journey. I wake up every day. And I do my journaling in the morning, and I, it's still never lost on me how weird all of this is and how it's like played out. And right. I'm just grateful that it's very odd <laughs> to like tell people what I do for a living if you're not familiar with it. Yeah. Because um, it is something that's kind of like rare, but yeah, it's uh, it's been a good journey. Have so like look because obviously growing up you would have never thought you'd be sitting here in a no. podcast studio doing what you're not doing. But like, do you often? Like, does it ever mess with you mentally to think like, am I doing the right thing? Because I ask myself that all the time. I'm like, am I doing what I'm supposed you to be doing? You should ask yourself that all right. the time. Right. To like constantly like check yourself, right? Like, yeah. am I on the trajectory towards my North Star, towards my my purpose, towards my, the, the monk culture, my Dharma? Yeah. Right. The, um, yeah, whatever you're meant to be doing with your life. And I think that you have to constantly be reevaluating that. And so, yeah, I mean, yeah, this is like, I wouldn't have guessed it, yeah. but it makes sense. Mm. Like the way that it's, the way that everything's like, it's kind of like played out. Like thinking back to being a kid in, you know, junior high and high school, I was like a really, I was a really creative kid growing up. You know, I was playing music. I was playing in bands. Mm. I was classically trained on violin and playing in orchestra, then picked up a guitar. I've been playing guitar for 20 years now. Wow. I was really into graphic design. I was into to like video and photos. I was into all of that. And there were plans. There was a couple of different things that I was evaluating. Like I was like, I'm going to go do something with this creativity. This is like, you know, I'm like a freshman, sophomore, whatever. Yeah. I was like, I'm going to do something with this creativity. And so my options were um, pursue music. And so go to the Berkeley College of Music. It's like the, the best music school in the world. Yeah. Um, and so I had looked into that. Uh, or go to something like a, 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 com a college called Full Sail in Florida where you can do graphic design, you can do web design, you can do video editing, you can do filmmaking, like all sorts of stuff. You can do like a mash of those kinds of things. Wow. And so it's like a college, but it's not a college. It's more like okay. a technical school for like creative arts. Wow. Okay. Uh, then there's the Art Institute, which kind of does some similar stuff. And so I'd evaluate all these things. And let's think back to that, that point in time, like, dude, social media didn't exist. Right. Half the tech companies that we know about didn't exist. YouTube was like, I don't even know if that was a thing back then. Yeah. Um, and so the the feedback that I was getting from adults in my life was, you're not going to make any money doing that. <laughs> and like, you know what it's like to be broke. We, we were lower middle class growing up. Yeah. You know what that's like. And I had also... I kind of had this weird self-awareness from a pretty early, I started working at like 15. So I was like, I think I was working around this time too. And I liked making money. And so that was something that resonated with me. I was like, man, I don't want to be like a starving artist. Right? <laughs> yeah. And, uh, and, and so I think in a lot of ways, you know, once, once I kind of, you know, graduated high school, I kind of just took all that creativity, packed it in a bag. And I said, I'm going to go figure out ways to make money. Right. Uh, instead. And so I remember going to college for the first time. Um, I was like, I'm just going to go pursue business because I have no clue what I want to do in my right, life. Right. Which I'm is such like, a like, it's like, like, common. It's, it's like, I don't know what I want to do. It's just like, I don't business. know. Let's just go study business. Right. <laughs> yeah. And then, uh, yeah, everything kind of played out the way that it did and went off to the Marine Corps and all that kind of stuff. And then. Yeah. So was the Marine Corps something that it was just like, I don't know what else to do. Therefore, I'm going to go serve my country. Or is it like, I want to. It was it something that you knew? This is a really to. controversial thing, and I, I never really like talked about it um, publicly. But I feel a little weird when people are like, "Hey, thank you for serving," because there was not a single ounce of me at that time was like, "I want to serve my country." That's not why I did it. Okay, I did it 
because I had a little window of like self-awareness mm-hmm. to say that if I didn't get any discipline in my life to harness my abilities to channel into something productive, wow, I'm going to go down the wrong path and not ultimately get to where I wanted to be. Crazy. And I didn't know exactly what I wanted to be, but I, but I knew what I didn't want to be. Yeah, right? yeah. And that was what I was surrounded with. And so I had a great job at the time for being in high school and I could have gone full time there, but it was one of those things where it was like, I was seeing people who had been there and it was just like, I don't really like the job. It didn't like light me up. I was like, I, I, I just can't see myself doing this. Yeah. And I knew that I was a little shit. <laughs> like I knew that I was entitled for no reason. I'd never faced any adversity in my life. I had a great childhood. Um, and so I did the hardest thing I could possibly imagine. Like, thing it was like not just go to the military, but like I'm gonna go to the Marines. So I walked in, signed up, shipped me out. I was gone in three weeks. <sighs> and so that really instilled lots of discipline, showed me what hard work was, and allowed me to harness all of this this energy that I had into something that was like productive. And it gave me more perspective mm. on like what that actually looks like. And then it further reaffirmed for me, like I had always kind of known that I didn't want to do the typical nine to five thing. I wanted to do something different. Yeah, you know, but I was never exposed to entrepreneurship. I was never exposed. I didn't have. We didn't have family friends who owned businesses. Like, right. That was not something that I thought was available. Yeah. In, in kind of the world, and so um, yeah, it just kind of further confirmed for me because because the military is like the worst corporation in the world. It's like you know they overpay and or overpay all of their vendors. It's highly unorganized. It's a toxic culture. <laughs> There's like a billion other things, and okay. so getting out, I was like. Oh yeah, hundred percent. I was like, I'm never working for anybody again. Right. And yeah, just kind of, just kind of carried that out. And then you got out, and then um, I was like, I'm gonna use my GI Bill. And then one thing led to another, and then ended up meeting my my first business partner. And yeah, dropped out. Crazy. Actually, it's funny you say that. I would, I'd be willing to bet that most kids come going into the Marine Corps or anything like that. Probably less than half are like, I want to serve my country. And there's probably some that are like, no, yeah. I, like, I'm here to serve my country and I will die for my country. Yeah. Which, I didn't, again, is like, I didn't meet my parents' minimum expectations in school because I just wasn't going to class. Big <laughs> surprise. And so they were like, financially, you're dropped in three weeks. So you have a choice to make. Which is, I love that. So it, put, it put, the, put the fire under my ass. And so I had to make some pretty drastic decisions. And I was like, you know what? I can go see the world. So... Signed up. And also, like, let's keep in mind, I was the same height, but I was not this build then. I was like Steve Rogers before he came Captain America, before he goes to the thing. <laughs> okay. I was tiny, skinny, not athletic, you know, barely worked out. Like, yeah, it was a tall order for me to, like, just go into the Marine Corps. My whole family was like, you are, this was not a smart decision. You should have gone to the Coast Guard. You should have gone to the Air Force. should have did anything else like if i'm gonna do it i'm like no i was like no i'm gonna show you guys what i'm made of yeah and it was also proving it to myself too because yeah like boot camp at that point in time that was the hardest thing i'd ever gone through in my entire life wow i needed that yeah and that gave me for one it showed me it was possible right and then that just unlocked i don't know some some new abilities in me well it kind of goes back and you're a father now too and so it's like you really can only gain satisfaction through struggling and then achieving something. You know what I mean? Like if everything's just given to you, like you play a video game and you just have the cheat codes and everything's unlocked and you don't have to work for anything. Yeah. Is it perfect fun? analogy? No. Yeah. It's not fun. It's like, Oh, well, I have it's all such, it's so easy to do and it's attractive. It's like, let me just yeah. throw in this cheat code so I can get to the finish line. And then, yeah. Yeah. But the next thing you know, there's you're... no game to it. There's no <laughs> yeah. sport to it. Yeah. And you don't appreciate it. You yeah. Know? So like the word you are, harder you work for something. <laughs> The more you appreciate it. Yeah. No, that's that's one thing talking about, like, you know, being a father and like trying to instill that with our kids. Because like the reality is, is, like if we my wife and I continue down the same trajectory, there's a high probability that our kids. I mean, yes, they'll have to work and they'll have to earn an income and take care of themselves, but we could set them up for a pretty cush life unless they just completely mess it up. Mm-hmm. But it's like, how do you like we don't want to. Like you can't be hungry if you're spoon fed your whole life. You know what I mean? And so it's like, do you manufacture adversity? Do you force them at the age of 18? You cut them off and don't give them shit until they can prove that they're actually worth something. Like, you know, I I think about this all the time because, you know, the saying is, you know, hard times make strong men, strong men create easy times, easy times create weak men, weak men create hard times, hard times create strong men. Yeah. And so you think, and then you you, also I've spent a significant amount of time studying a lot of these, um, 
kind of turn of the century tycoons, uh, you know, the, the Rockefellers, the Vanderbilts, the, the Carnegie's. Mm-hmm. And then let's use the Vanderbilts, for example. Um, uh, what's his name? Uh, the guy who's on, um, was it like CNBC with the white hair? The news anchor, Anderson Cooper. Yeah, yeah. He's from the Vanderbilt line. He wrote a book and it like further oh, yeah. detailed wow. some more of like the inside information around just like the family. But most okay. of the time, three generations, if, if you have like generational wealth, like, yeah. like some of the wealthiest families in the world, which the Vanderbilts were, all of that's lost by the third generation. Right. Yeah, because they can't. They don't. And to, it's like because yeah. there's no. They, they're just. They're absolutely spoiled. They don't know how to spend. They don't have any skills. You know, they've been pampered <laughs> their entire life. So I think about that a lot. I'm like, how oh. do I make sure my kids are not like that? You know, and like, do, do I manufacture the adversity? You know, what are the lessons that I'm trying to teach? There's a lot of things. Like the most important things in life, I was never taught in school or taught even at home. It's mm-hmm. like things that I've learned, even recently. Yeah. You know, and so writing out kind of the lessons that I want my my kids to learn. I asked Toby the same thing. Uh, Toby Rice when I was in his house uh, a couple weeks ago, and we're, we're like walking through like his backyard or whatever. And this was something that was, came up, and I was like, for some reason, I was thinking about. It. I was just like, hey, how do you make sure your kids aren't little shits? Yeah. And he immediately responded with core values, and he was like, you know, we have core values for the company, but I have core values for the family. He's mm-hmm. like, watch this, and so he like spit off, hey, what does this mean? On the core values. And he has it everywhere plastered across the house too. The core values really? for the family. Yeah. Like so out by their pool, he's got like written on a tree out there and stuff. And wow. so and the kids know what all these things mean. He was like, that's he was like, we'll see. They're young. He's like, we'll see how it plays out. But he's like, I believe that that's what is really gonna instill, you know, the right values in them as people. Dude, that's to, uh, to be successful. And I love that because like I treat our family like a business, right? Yeah. Like my I'm the CEO, my wife's a CFO, like we kind of have our own roles and responsibilities and just like any successful business typically has a vision that's well-defined, which changes, but it, but you have a vision, you've got a mission statement. And so I've heard similar from other, let's say high performing individuals who have done things beyond my wildest dreams. And they, they bring it back to like the family mission statement the the family core values. And again, like if you instill it at it from an early age, just like as a business, if you get everyone who comes on, if you, if you onboard people and you suffocate them with, here's our vision and here's our core values, and this is how we make decisions based off of these, chances are everyone's going to band together and you're going to head down the right path. And so I would imagine it creates certain habits in the way you make decisions. And yeah, and, and so like I admire Toby for that. That's such a cool nugget that... uh it reminds me is like, we need to revisit that because we've had conversations at the table. My son's four, my daughter's seven. So the, the seven year old kind of gets things like when we like complex topics and things we can explain to her, the four year old, he just wants to play dinosaur and break shit. Right. So it's like trying to explain things to him. Yeah. Um, but again, it's leading by example and it's setting those values. And so, uh, but so again, going circling back to like, how do we raise good humans that are going to contribute to society and hopefully do more than what I'm, doing right now at my age again i think it comes back to those core values and that's uh like i want nothing yeah. more than my kids to like 10x 100x anything that that i've ever done right and i've got high high ambitions for myself you know and so i want to yeah. set them up with the tools of here like things i don't i don't have these written out i need to write them down but off the top of my head things that i think they're important that you don't typically learn um, I think what you said there is actually a really, really good nugget, like running your house like a business. And if you can understand that of like setting the vision, setting the mission, mm-hmm. um, it, it's all about alignment. Cause I think that's where yeah. a lot of friction comes from, from, from lack of alignment on like who's kind of taking what roles and what responsibilities, clearly defining those. And then there's like, nothing's kind of left up for interpretation, right? Yeah. If we did that in a business, it just doesn't work. Right. Like you have to have all those things sorted out yeah. and you, your family life is the exact same way. Sure. I think other things would be really like just I want to teach my kids the concepts of like how to, how to start a business and how to think about things. Yeah. Uh, how to think about uh, time management uh, and valuing like how I structure my days, mm-hmm. why I structure my days the way that they are. Yeah. How I prioritize my time, uh, being guarded with things like that. Um, relationships. Um, it, it's funny that it's not something that's it's like one of the, relationships are what tie everybody together yeah and it's something that we never spend any amount of time studying right there's lots of great literature out there oh uh, yeah around that 
Uh, and then I think leading into that also communication and how to communicate with people, whether it's, I mean, you know, that was sales, right? And, and so being able to communicate with people from different backgrounds and different personalities. Yeah. Uh, and then also in just given different situations and just being comfortable to be able to articulate what it is that you're trying to do. I think also just sales skills from an early age yeah. is also wildly important because yeah. it doesn't matter who you are you were selling something, you're selling yourself at any given time. And so I think having those skills very early on, that mm -hmm. leads me into a broader topic of storytelling. Yeah, Storytelling plays into sales, plays into communication, plays into relationships, right? Yeah, I feel like that's kind of a base layer for all those things. And so being able to understand how to kind of be able to craft a story, how to talk about these things, yeah. that goes into writing. I've undervalued writing my entire life up until mm. recently, uh, until really I started, Really, in the, over the last couple of years, I think with just like you realize the power of being able to articulate things very, very well, not just verbally, but also kind yep. of in written form. I think it's wildly important, particularly with social media, yeah, personal finances. Yeah. What's the operating system for how you should think about personal finances? What's the operating system for uh, thinking about uh, investments? Yeah. Right. Um, and, and there's so many different side things you can kind of go off there but those are just some of the things that i think of that it was like i i look at those as very very important things and i was yeah. never taught those at school i was never taught those at home so how can i instill those in my kids from like under 10 years old right, right? set them up so by the time they're 15 by the time they're 20 this is all second nature to them right you know, they've grown up with it and yeah, so then once they get here like they are way ahead of the power curve for people who were two three times their age yeah you know and then they can focus on other things to help them be more successful. Yeah. Well, I just think that the fact that you're even thinking about it at that depth is is likely happening. And you know, I struggle with it too. Is it's like, you, you know, you want to set all these things, but then there's days where you're busy, you're tired, and then you kind of like, again, you don't necessarily keep on that path 100 percent of the time. But in the macro, is like as long as you're moving towards that and 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 you're getting instilling the values. Again, the one thing that's like it's tough to stay on track with is like screen time for our family. It's yeah. like. I'm pretty sure my kid could watch Bluey for 48 hours straight, not Bluey's blink. Great. Right. I love Bluey. <laughs> yeah, but it's like the dude will like, and so I had this conversation this morning with my wife. Like he woke up and was like, there was this like big blowout because he wanted the iPad and my wife said no and this and that. And it's just like, like parenting has got to be one of the hardest roles in the world. To it like, is. You're responsible for this kid becomes a serial killer or not. You know <laughs> yeah, what I mean? Exactly. Like, and if, if they do, it's totally on you. Right. Well, it's, I, I had, man, I had this, uh, I was on this podcast called the backpack theory and it's more it's very similar to like how we're talking right now it's mainly focused and don't worry folks we're going to get onto digital wildcatters but clearly we're, we're we're a little we're getting deep right now which i like um and we're talking about you know it, it, <laughs> right now people have a, it's it's easy for people to blame right it's like we blame yeah. technology for this we blame technology for that we blame people or organizations or whatever the case is but at the end of the day like I was telling on the pod, he's like, we don't have a, a technology problem or we don't have a, like this problem. We don't have a, that problem. We have a freaking parenting problem because it's so easy for parents to go out for dinner or go to do things and they blame technology for, you know, whether it's suicides or this or insecurities. But at the end of the day, the parents aren't there building, helping their kids build self-esteem. And what's the first thing that mommy and daddy do when they want a few minutes to chat or have a glass of wine? Boom, here's your iPad. Mm -hmm. So it's like, stop blaming everything else and focus on being a good parent, which is hard to do because you, you want to build a business. You want to do that. You still want to enjoy your time. And dude, it's, 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 it's tough. There's no right or wrong answer, but it's, it, you have to be intentional. And I think that if you're not explicitly intentional about the parent that you want to be, your default is to be the parent that like your parents, essentially, you, you become right. that for, yeah. for better, or for worse, depending on, you know, what your situation is. And so there's some very different things that I, that I, I think I look at life differently. I think, think about life differently uh, and nothing against you know, my parents divorced in early age. So I've got like a bunch of parents. Um, but yeah, I just, I, I, there's some lessons that I did. I've applied from that, but also some things that I intentionally do very differently. Yeah. You know, and um, it is, it is tough, especially, you know, long days sometimes to, to come in and, you know, be the parent that you know you want to be. Yeah. I think I try to look at this thing. I, I flip scenarios in my head of like, sometimes I, I dread certain things, particularly right now, it's like 105 degrees outside, like going outside and playing with the kids when it's like, it's like a sauna, you know yeah. what I mean? Oh, and, yeah. 
But if I flip it around to where uh, rather than just going and playing, is there something that I could teach them? Um, like the other mm. day I taught my oldest how to uh, change the oil in my car. Dude, so that's awesome. step by step, we went through the whole how thing. Old is he? He's five. Wow. And so getting the tools and then that was an opportunity for me to explain the different sizes and like the numbering system, and like how all that works and like how it fits. How do you know whether a socket fits on there or not? Right. So it took me twice as long to do it. I was going to say. I but would... I flipped the way that I looked at this process. Of like, I don't really feel like changing my oil to like, hey, this is a learning opportunity for him. Yeah. Let me explain everything in excruciating details so that he understands it. He retains everything that I tell him. Wow. The so kids don't forget anything. So, and, and I'm curious because like I'm thinking in my head, like if I was to try and get my son, who's four, so the, he's, the maturity and the, the, the ability to pay attention is still probably not there. But like how much of his time or like how much of his undivided attention did you get? Or did you just like, because I feel like a lot of times from both my kids, like they're so bouncy and everything else. It's like if I, I get like a two minute window at most to be able to explain something. And then it's just like. I think I don't ever push anything on him that he's not interested in. Okay. So he right? was genuinely interested in learning. So I asked it. him, I said, hey, I'm going to go change my oil. Do you want to, do you want to help me? Oh, okay. Right. I didn't ask him if I wanted to teach him. I said, do you want to help me? And then I used that opportunity to teach. And so if he said no, I'd be like, that's fine. I'm going to, like, gotcha. y'all can play outside. Oh, okay. So it was, he like. He's interested in it because yeah. naturally with me, like, I'm always like, you know, I've got, you know, a little sports car. I'm constantly watching videos on YouTube. He sees that. I, you know, I buy him toys around cars. Like yeah. he is becoming a little car guy. And so cool. what I explained to him in that moment, I said, here, the reason that we're doing this is because when you have things like this, you have to take care of things like this, right? Yeah. So if you have a car, if you have a motorcycle, he wants a go-kart currently. I said, when you have a go-kart, we're going to have to do this. And so we're going to have to change the oil. So I explained the concept of what the oil was doing in the motor in the first Dude, place. That's all, it was that's also awesome. a good experience to tell him. I was like, where does the oil come from? And he goes, the oil station. I said, yeah, not quite. I said, <laughs> I said, you know, daddy works in oil and gas. And he's like, yeah. And so then I explained. Oh, yeah. High level, like where all this comes from. And then he was able to put together. This now goes into the car. This lubes up the engine. He started like figuring out the concept. And then he, he sped it all back to me. Wow. And I was like, OK, he's actually like retained this. And then that's we go crazy. through the entire process. But that's good. It's there's like there's like lessons to like all of that. And I definitely don't have all this figured out. This is just something that I've it's kind of like top of mind recently. But yeah. doing more of those things and, and changing my perspective of like how can I and I don't treat him like he's five, I treat him like he's like eight or nine. Yeah. That's right? that's very similar to my daughter who's seven. She's I would say is very I can relate to you on that front. Like a lot of times she she loves helping me with anything, like whether it's building things or putting things to you know, again, putting things together or like she's very much like likes doing things she's like me in school she's like daddy i don't like listening and doing things she's like i like to do the projects and i like like yeah gym and i'm like okay yeah like <laughs> mirror splitting image of myself and so uh but I, I really can appreciate it's like instead of being like oh i gotta go buy time and play it's like how can we use this an opportunity to learn something and so that, that that's that's actually some really good insight it's um, also like i think about what is the biggest thing that as parents that we are going to have to combat we see it today with kids it's probably going to be worse even with our kids. And it's that's this uh, instant gratification, mm -hmm. right? That's the one thing that I that I fear the most because they have it with tablets, they have it with yeah. screens, they have it with phones. You know, I feel like sometimes I'm addicted to social media in ways and I hate that. And that's what I love about jujitsu is that to get your black belt in jujitsu, this is going to take you 10, 12, 15 years. Mm. It's something that even if you're not an entrepreneur or somebody who's worked towards something as a bigger goal, jujitsu is a great way to build up the long-term discipline and consistency yeah. to work towards something long-term and so i want my kids to do jujitsu for that point but also with like zane wants this go-kart and so rather than me being like oh, i'm just gonna buy you this go-kart for christmas it's like a thousand dollar go-kart and i want it for him because i want to like foster that and like if he of can like, take up racing and stuff then that's like really cool you know yeah. i got little league he hopefully he's good racing <laughs> but rather than me doing that you know he understands that i come to work that i make money money is used to buy things for the house, to pay for vacations, for all that. Yeah. And we've beat that into him. Yeah. Right. And so he understands that. Uh, I'll go to the car dealership, like look at Lamborghini or something. And he's like, dad, can you buy this? And I'm like, if I do this, this, and this, I could buy this. Right. And so he understands, okay, this is really cool. This is a reality. So with this go-kart, printing off the go-kart, putting it on his wall, right? And then essentially building up like one of those little thermometers that you would have at like school fundraisers 
wow. and then saying detailing out a roadmap of like here's exactly what you need to do and we're going to give you like chores like all sorts of like crazy hard work i mean it's not going to be easy stuff too yeah i want to go in the backyard with like a hoe and like dig up stuff yeah you know what i mean like instill some hard hard work into them and then show them that you're going to be rewarded we're going to put some in this little piggy bank for you yeah you watch it climb over time yep you know and if there's times where you want to put in a little extra work and you want to get there quicker or yeah. If you don't want to work, guess what? It's just going to be stagnant. You know? Yeah. So have mm. something that he wants at this point in time. He wants it more than anything, but rather than me giving it to him, yeah, make him work for it on this horizon of you know yeah. five six months. Wow. That's again. That's another. That's such a great way to do it because it's so easy. And that's that's the trap that we run into is like my daughter. So she loves singing, and she's got a little taste of playing guitar, and she wanted a guitar, and I was like, don't worry, like. Okay. she's like oh can we go get a guitar i'm like we're not gonna go get a guitar right now like we can certainly that's something mm-hmm. if that if you really do enjoy it we can talk about getting one for you if you want to continue to pursue guitar and i was like oh you know it's christmas soon but in my mind i'm like how can she earn it and that's a great example it's like okay this is what you want here's how here's what you're gonna have to do to get there mm-hmm. and delay that gratification and then of course she wants a new bike and she's like can we just go buy a new bike and she understands like She's going to ask, even though she knows the answer is probably going to be like, well, no, we need to work for it and then we need to save or whatever. But um, again, just working towards something instead of just easily giving in and being like, you know, because a lot of us, especially in oil and gas and if we're doing well, it's, we could easily just go to Target or mm-hmm. wherever and just get, you know, a go-kart. But man, it's, it, and then doing, instilling sort of that, the hard work to getting to something in the moment, it's just like more energy that we have to pour out to like get it, come up with a plan and commit to it. And, but Oh, it's, but it's, it's that strategic planning that is the difference between the average Joe and the Jeff Bezos. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like yeah. studying those kinds of people. So allowing them at an early age to understand a vision board. I have a vision board. Mm-hmm. I plan for things. Yeah. You know? And so if they can learn this at five, six years old. I mean, oh, God, what can they what can they do when they're a teen? When they're in their twenties. Yeah. You know, they're not they're not playing catch up. They're they're ahead of anybody who's much older than them yeah with kind of these these foundational uh habits and any kind of principles yeah no speaking of principles have you read ray dalio's book principles i read like half of it okay i read the other half yeah because um, yeah it's like it was two. good i can't remember why I, I probably just picked up a couple other books and just got lost in some other stuff yeah no it's just when you, you said principles it made me think of that it's uh, for anyone out there um I would check it out. There's, I think the, the app is free. You can literally have the entire book, but it, it talks about core principles for business and then mm-hmm. for his life. And, and a lot of that stuff is, is very much aligned or it's very similar to what you're talking about is if you live by these certain principles and guidelines and everything you do is, is, is heading towards that, that end goal. Um, let's take a pivot and talk digital wildcatters. I feel like we could keep chatting about all this kind of stuff, but uh, I want to respect your time. <laughs> uh, get us caught up to speed on where we're at right now starting with sort of the sort of the technology side you've got collide and on the technology front and then some upcoming events that take us towards the end of the year okay um yeah where do we start so i guess to kind of provide some context uh let's take a little trip back to 2020 world is shut down this is like our first year doing wildcatters full-time left everything else sold our wells left our other company stopped consulting we are 100% on Wildcatters. It doesn't make money yet, right? <laughs> so <laughs> great plan. Yeah. Um, the world shuts down almost immediately when we go full time. Uh, we'd already been doing events at that point, And we kind of asked ourselves, what if the world never opens again? You know, and, and what does the future of this really look like? And so I think one of the, the most valuable thing that I think that we've been able to build is just a highly engaged community, right? And that's a, a very, very valuable resource to be able mm-hmm. to, to leverage. And so we went out to the community, we had all this time on our hands, and asked people, you know, what's, what's like, what's value? Like, what do you feel like is like missing in the grand scheme of things? Like, you're familiar with what we do. And especially then, everybody's working from home, nobody's connecting. And it was like, man, we just, we just need more resources to be able to like connect with, you know, people in the industry. Um, you know, LinkedIn is, it's just so horizontal. It's like every industry in the world, you know, it's good for like our career stuff, but like, it's just not really built for like our industry, you know, specifically. And so we just took tons and tons and tons of notes. And so really the feedback that we got was we needed something that looked like, like Reddit almost, 
but for for energy specifically mm -hmm. right and so and then even more specifically there were some or there are some platforms that we have studied and used from like the software development world that have become like household names for for software developers one in particular is called stack overflow and so stack overflow is like this community for developers where they can go and if you have a technical uh challenge or a question right you can pop on there for one you can query and see if anybody's asked this prior so whenever you type in whatever your question is it's going to return people who've had that question before and rather than allowing you to ask the same question over and over again it will automatically refer you to that one question mm. and then you can go in there and see like hey did this answer my question yes or no and you can kind of see the responses and the responses get upvoted or downvoted based on the relevancy and accuracy of that response gotcha. right okay. so for the people who are responding it gamifies that saying oh you're like really well known you're kind of building up a reputation in the certain category mm -hmm. right and so you think about that from energy is arguably one of the most technical uh, industries in the entire world and nothing like that exists right so think about uh, you know, I think back to when we had our wells, our little operation up in Tulsa, uh, we're doing a workover. We had a technical question. We didn't know the answer to it. It wasn't something you can Google. wasn't something I had books on. wasn't something I could look up on YouTube. Right. So what do you do? You pick up the phone, you start calling people, right? Yeah. And you call and you call and you call and you say, Hey, have you ever seen anything like this? What do you think? Right? Yeah. For our operation, it wasn't like a mission critical or anything, but you imagine you have like a big rig out there. You're running up a day rate. You've got crews, you've got something down hole. Yeah. Like you're running up the clock. And you've got all these old guys that are getting out of the industry, taking all this knowledge with them. Yeah. So what do you do? You call old people you worked with, maybe old professors, old colleagues, whatever, to try to get an answer to something. Well, why don't we just take a lesson from Stack Overflow and apply it to energy mm. to where now you can build up this repository of knowledge sharing, right? So you solve this problem of the great crew change, people taking all this tribal knowledge with them, and you start to index this information to make it available to be queried. Yeah. So you can find those answers. Right. right. While simultaneously building up more of a reputation, a dynamic resume versus a static resume of like, what do you actually know? Mm. Whenever I hire a developer, I don't look at the resume. I don't care where you worked. I care about what you can do. Right. Right. So I look at your GitHub. I look at your code. We do a coding challenge. Right. Mm. A lot of the same things apply in energy. And so by just contributing and then the, the community upvoting your stuff and crowdsourcing and saying, this guy really knows what he's talking about. Yeah. That's really, really valuable. And then you can plug that into the recruiting functionality, the ability to go and find jobs uh, on Collide, to find groups of people who are interested or in work in the same um, disciplines that you do or yeah. are interested in you know, AI or are doing projects in Eagleford or the Barnett. You know, you think about a lot of the different ways that like Facebook has kind of brought people together. Yeah. Uh, we want to do that more on the technical side of, of energy. So it's not meant to be a LinkedIn replacement. That's not, that's not the goal. Right. Um, the goal is to be more of this, this resource for uh, the community. Uh, we can keep bolting on different tools, resources, how people grow, upskill, you know, courses, certifications, lots of like really cool things that we're planning on building into that. Yeah. So there's obviously, there's, there's a ton of opportunity there. But for someone who's listening for the first time, they're like, this J guy's crazy, this digital wildcatters company sounds like they're off to some cool stuff. I want to try this collide thing. So like what, as someone who's kind of fresh into, because a lot of your community has been following you guys and, and obviously you guys have bolted on more people and built over time. But for someone who's mm -hmm. just never heard of you, you know, walk them through, okay, like here's what, here's what to expect. And if, if you're this avatar, this is a great reason why you should download collide right now and jump on and start learning or contributing like what does that look like for someone who's like just blank to this i think it depends on the persona so i think that our content has been utilized by a lot of people who come into the industry and they just start googling stuff and our stuff comes up mm -hmm. um so from like you know oil 101 uh kind of getting caught at speed on uh terminology slang the culture how to sell how to market how to build products uh there's a lot of good insights for that um, but I think even, even the most seasoned people, um, nobody knows everything, you yeah. know, and so being able to pop in and find answers to, to certain questions, it could be simple as, you know, Hey, we're, you know, we're looking at, uh, you know, an acquisition over here, you know, has anybody got a recommend, does anybody know that this seller, has anybody ever worked with this operator? Does anybody have any issues with them? 
uh, you know, you see people commenting all the time, hey, I need to buy an H pump in this area. Who's selling something? You know, like things like that that you're not going to see. Cool. On LinkedIn. Gotcha. Gotcha. No, that's uh, and so it's easy to sign up. You just download the app. Yeah, just download the app. It's on the on the Apple App Store. It's on Google. It's on the on, online. You can go to Clyde.io. Cool. Uh, and and the up. mechanics behind it is very much like is it forum style or is there like and then you can DM or how does that? Yeah, what does you, that look you, like? You can also yeah you can also DM. You can do group uh, messaging. Um, the feed currently I think is going to change a little bit from what we in the next version is going to change to where it looks a little bit more. Um, right now it's kind of got just a normal feed where you can kind of just infinity scroll. I think it's going to be more Reddit style with individual topics gotcha. to, to make scan. And I think that you also have some ability to to change what you want in your feed. Reddit has it as well. We have like a couple different ways that you can see your feed. We can pull in news, things like that. Uh, so gotcha. the idea is to really be a hub for the community. So we've already got like news that's piped in, kind of cutting edge stuff. So you can pop in there, see what's happening, the latest stuff that's happening in the world. Fascinating. Uh, okay. But soon you'll have all the job listings uh, as well. So if you're looking for a new gig, anything that's that's happening in this space, you'll be able to find. Perfect. Well, if you're listening and you haven't yet downloaded Collide, check it out, play around with it. I mean, again, the community's awesome. The level of expertise. I mean, I know some folks that have been on there. Um, I'm, I'll be honest, I haven't. I, I downloaded it just now because there was an, there was another version that wasn't the app. This is like version four. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Okay. Because I think I may have been still on like version one. But nonetheless, um, yeah, again, check it out. And then shifting to the event side, which I would say most people are very much familiar with Tech Night, which you guys have expanded. Now you're you were in Denver, you're in Oklahoma, Midland, then, obviously. And then uh, uh, where else? Okay, see. Okay, yeah. And then Houston. Um, are you guys going to do then, in PA or is that not? I don't know. We've thought about it. Uh, so for next year, we're doing those same four places and we're also adding in DFW. So we're doing oh, five yeah. ETNs uh, in 24. Awesome. We've got them in power in March and then at the end of the year. So this year, we still haven't done Fuse. So Fuse, October 13th and 31st, which is like our South by Southwest of uh, Energy Tech. Yeah, that's right? that and one's so awesome. We've got some, some really big names speaking. John Arnold, who is the... Uh, now billionaire um, trader from from Enron that went on to Satara, just made a ton of money. Now he does a lot of philanthropy stuff, but he's on the the board of Grid United, run by Mike Skelly. So he's speaking. Um, we've got people from like Devon. We've got people from GreenLake, a bunch of other companies. So yeah, that's been a really really good time. So two days here, seven one three, downtown Houston. Yeah. Are you guys doing it at the same brewery as you did last year? No, 713 Music Hall. Oh, the Music Hall. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Okay. So we, we moved. Um, just a lot of challenges. So the first year, for those for those listening, um, both Empower and Fuse were festival style. Meaning right. predominantly outside. Yeah. Right? And so we did <laughs> I remember East the- Downtown. You know, we got the Eighth Wonder Brewery and the Distillery um, from Power. And then for Fuse, we had those two. But then we also took over... Sunset, Truck Yard, Miss Carousel, a couple of their venues, and then shut down all the streets in between. Um, that's challenging. When you're God. shutting down roads and you have to have like 30 cops on payroll and you've got to set up infrastructure with generators and staging and tents and building a VIP area and restrooms and food. and It's a lot. God. Right? Dude, I can imagine. It was really cool and really, really special. Um, but I think also one of the things that we realized is that people love AC, despite the weather being good, both of those days, uh, people love AC, they love being inside. Um, and seven one three is just a great venue. Yeah, uh, and it just—it's had- a lighter lift for us, to be honest with you. It's a little yeah. bit more turnkey, not having to worry about all the the details of setting everything up. You guys had because I was there for it was a Bitcoin conference you guys had, Empower. wasn't it? Empower, yeah. yeah. So okay, I think I went to I went to that last, not even last year. Anyway, it's, it's a beautiful venue. Um, yeah. It's again, parking's fairly easy, mm-hmm. uh, which again, for the, I mean, the eighth one, or I think I remember, or the one that, again, the one you were talking about, uh, what was the one that rained that morning of? Was that, that was, that was, Fuse, a, right? that was a first in power. Or that was a first in power. Okay. Yeah. But that was that, in, in Edo there, it was like, it came down like a tsunami. And then all of a sudden, like, I was like, up. we're done for. Yeah. Because like the whole first hour of Empower, there's a line, like two blocks. We have video footage of it of people like waiting to register and they're just like standing in the rain. And then you have like water that's like flooding in, hitting all the electronics and the power stuff. And God, I was like, oh, dude, this is it. So that was a big, a big, big driver for us. It was like, we almost got bit there. The rain stopped, the clouds parted, sun came out, it ended up being perfect. Yeah. Yeah. And then fused, we got lucky with the weather too. But it were like, so many, you do this so many times, you're going to get bit, mm. like, you know, a really big way. 
And that was a risk that we just were not willing to take. I don't blame you. No, that that the seven one three is cool, and they got like other shops and stuff in there, and like little restaurants, and yeah. So yeah, it's it's well set up for for events, and it's cool inside too. Like it's space. There's a lot of space, and you can still have like your your booths and stuff on the, on the outside. So uh, no, that that's a great great venue there, um, in downtown, so people can stay. Obviously, there's a ton of hotels. Yeah, there's so many. Like, and then we're doing like an after party at McIntyre's. Oh, nice. It's like a block away. Um, so yeah, it's just, it's just a, just a great venue. Perfect. And so, so that, so, so again, go through it real quick. So the, the next one coming up is fuse mm-hmm. right in October and again, high level, what is sort of the, the core, what's the thesis behind fuse? Cause empower is more for Bitcoin. And it's been, energy, yeah, it's bringing Bitcoin fuse? mining and energy together. And then with fuse, it's re- really showcasing all of the cutting edge emerging technologies that are happening in this space. And it's predominantly gonna be upstream oil and gas. That's the reality of who most of our community is. Mm-hmm. Um, but also bringing in some of like the newer energies uh, groups at some of these companies like Chevron, we've got Chris Power speaking, who's covering carbon capture for them. Cool. Um, in other ways, like different integrated energy systems. Um, and so whether that be around uh, energy storage, whether it be geothermal and all the lessons that were learned as an industry from you know punching a bunch of holes in the ground and how that's applied to uh, geothermal, but then also this traditional space of oil and gas, whether it be digital stuff, whether it be AI, production optimization, field stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, if it's cutting edge and it's it's game changing, we want to we want to have you there. Perfect. I've had conversations with folks on the podcast talking about you know the future of energy, energy demand going up. Um, you know, places like Asia and Africa, and like the yeah. amount of energy that's going to be required just to to fulfill everyone's needs. Yeah. Not one sector is going to do it all and i feel like a lot of the conversations i've had you still have the extremes it's like us against the world right whether it be on let's just call it renewables and oil and gas to keep it simple there's still that tension between the two it's a tug of war i mean to me there seems to be appetite whereas if you could bring all the energy like the major energy sectors together is that something that has ever crossed your guys' minds or have you guys had discussions in terms of bringing in like Oil and gas, and call it solar, wind, and all the other nuclear. Like, we, is that- we did that last year with Fuse last year, and I think that okay. well, I think that we didn't see. I think kind of going back to that, we didn't see a ton of engagement from call it across the aisle. You know what I mean? Okay. Like we, I mean, we had a couple a couple big players on the renewable side that kind of participated, but um, I mean, we reached out to tons of nuclear companies. Not a single one got involved. Um, Interesting. We did have geothermal represented. We had energy storage represented. Um. I yeah, imagine and you're going to see that. You, you've got, we've got like the CEO of, I think, EDPR is speaking this year. Um, and so, yeah, so I think that is that is a big part of it, but it's not as much of a heavy emphasis as it was last year due to the feedback we've gotten from people across the aisle. Interesting. No, and that's, again, I, but it's, it's going to be a, a challenge. A bigger mission outside of Fuse of like digital walkouters, I think, is to bridge that gap between the traditional energy and new energies because i think it is it is an all of the above approach there are certain things that make sense but i think it is more of an integrated energy system to where a lot of these different things are playing off of each other mm-hmm. even on single commingled locations yeah yeah no i mean you're starting to see again i live in the drilling world and a lot of a lot of the drilling rigs are now powered by electricity which are being powered by you know even just like local grids, yep. right? Which is cool to see. And then mm-hmm. those grids, you know, if you're here in Texas, it's could be a combination of yep. wind, solar, everything else. And so, yeah, you're starting to see drilling and or like upstream operations powered by new energy, which I think is fascinating. Um, and so, yeah, I think the integration piece is fat is, is, is again, it's, it's necessary. And, you know, it'd be great to have everyone in the room or at the conference or something. Um, I think we're ways away, but I was just curious and I, I didn't realize Fuse had that sort of mix last year, which again, if it wasn't a win, at least you kind of got a data point to say, okay, here's where we're at. Here's where we were at. And then, you know, down the road, let's see if we can improve on that. Yeah, I, I think it's, it's we have spent a significant amount of time building up the, the core of the community in oil and gas. Yeah. Right. And so, um, well, you know, people may know us in this space, you know, you go over to the nuclear industry, nobody has a clue who we are. Yeah. You know what I mean? Right. So there's so like, like, there's like its yes. own challenges, but I think over time, as we begin to just kind of create more and more content and continue to grow that community. Yeah. And I think Collide helps with that. Um, then I think, you know, 
we, we continue to bridge that gap, but I, I just think it's going to be a little bit of a larger or longer time horizon than what we had originally anticipated. Yeah. And, and by no means, I think it's, again, you don't want to jump out and, and pursue that too heavily right out of the gate. Cause you want to stick to what you know in your core community. Right. And, and build off that. And so I was just curious more than anything, cause you're not seeing that anywhere else. Right. Like, yeah. And I would say between, I mean, I don't know any other sort of, I mean, you guys are unique in itself, but, I feel like you guys could be a huge contributor to bridging that gap just by com- by way of community. Yeah. So, uh, but again, I think to truly, truly do that, I think effectively, I think you have to do it at a, a ridiculously large scale. Like, I think we would have to do it at like um, for lack of a, a better note, example, would be like a George R. Brown, like literally taking up all of George R. Brown, like an mm. OTC style. Yeah. And then just going heavier because an event is a marketplace, right? Right. So if you strip everything else away, you've got sponsors, you've got exhibitors, you've got attendees. And so it's it's essentially matching buyers and sellers. Yeah. Right. And so to do that effectively, especially when you're trying to go horizontal across a lot of different energy verticals, like you need scale. I think. Yeah. Like and you need space to do that. Yeah. And that's that's really it's like hard enough to do it in one and then you try to go across like seven. That's yeah. really particularly challenging. And you also need like the level of influence too, right? Like, like you guys heavily influence the industry. I don't know if there's any, I, I was asking somebody, I'm like, are there any influencers? And I hate the term, but it, the reality is it's yeah. like, if you have someone as an authority, who's well rep, you know, represented, who can help influence the industry, whether it be decision-making or whatever, or just thought leadership. Like, I don't know if there are people in, other ver- energy verticals that are like call it like a like a toby rice or even like you guys or mm-hmm. whoever chris writes i mean are, are you familiar with any other people outside of oil and gas that are speaking about a, from the top of the mountain place we had mike skelly speak last year at fuse and he, who is that so he he started a few different companies but he's he's focused a lot of his attention on uh long distance uh transmission lines uh Okay, and so and that's what Grid United does. It's he's doing it for, kind of for the second time, uh, a little bit of different technology, but that plays a huge part in kind of revitalizing the grid and actually getting power to where it needs to be. Gotcha. I think he's very outspoken, very well known, um, but I don't think that there's many. There's a guy uh, that we may have speaking at Fuse this year on nuclear, um, who has a, a big podcast on nuclear. His name's Brett, and. But outside of like those two that immediately kind of come to mind, uh, yeah. I'm sure there are. I right. just I'm just not aware of of who they would be. Yeah, no, it's I would be fascinated to. And if you're listening and you know of one, let me know because I want to have <laughs> them on the podcast. Because I have you know again trying to broaden my horizons. But uh, no, that, that's that's great. So obviously you got your events, you got the collide. Anything else that you want the uh, anything mm. else to let the audience know about? That's worth mentioning. I don't know. I just turned 34. I'm getting old. It's not bad, dude. You got like three there. lifetimes ahead of you, man. I know. I know. <laughs> but I was like, oh man, six years to forty. <laughs> Don't think it was like, like that, man. With new, with 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 all these peptides and everything, man, you'll be oh, fifty yeah. and you'll look like you're. I've been doing like skincare routines and stuff, trying to get my life together. I'll tell you what, yeah, it's all good. So you still doing jujitsu? Oh yeah, nice. Oh, yeah. You recovered from your leg injury? Yeah. I see. You got my blue around. belt recently. Congrats! Yeah, that's so huge. One one step forward. Yeah. So yeah, finally. No, I mean, my knee still give me issues, but yeah. Um, yeah, man, just just rocking and rolling, kicking ass. That's it. Lastly, any uh, trends in technology or any sort of anything that's really got you excited that's sort of popping off right now on the technology. This is front? such a cop out answer, but AI. I mean, that's what everybody's interested in right now. But I like I've dove deep into a lot of different kinds of AI and really just kind of like starting to see how all this kind of plays out. Like it's just so powerful, dude. Like okay, I give one the, small example because obviously there's a ton, but it's like. One example. I have some form of AI open on my computer at all times, and I use it multiple times an hour. Yeah, throughout my work day. And so, was that like? Are you talking like ChatGPT? Are you talking about like what are you talking about specifically? Um, those for normal work stuff, ChatGPT, Claude, and Bard. Um, yeah, they're all relatively similar. I've kind of found different use cases where one outperforms the others. Same here. Yeah, and so, I use Bard and ChatGPT right yeah. like multiple times a day. Yeah. Yeah. What was uh, the other one you said? Claude. Claude? What is that? It's another one. It's actually ranked or benchmarked higher than ChatGPT. Really? Yeah. But they just put a cap on it. So I'm like, I don't want to pay another pro subscription. <laughs> right. So I now they it. have a cap on how many you can do. Ah. But you see the drop off in um, just search 
um, volume on like Google that changes the game for like SEO driven businesses. Oh and yeah, stuff, no, know? that so, is that's what fascinates me is the whole advertising space because I I now use where I used to use Google, I now use Bard. Because mm-hmm. I want the, I want the I want you just to give me the answer. I don't want to search for things and come to the answer myself. Yeah, no, that's it. And then ChatGPT, I use more for like the creative execution on content yeah. or whether stuff or work or anything right and so like i have each one has its sort of specialty yeah but yeah like google now unless i'm trying to find a specific like a website on something i rarely i would say now it's more like 60 40 barred to google and i see that yeah. just becoming more but now google has its own it's like a beta version of ai and so it's kind of like plugging in bard in there or not bar but or whatever their own version their own, yeah. Called, yeah and so uh but dude everyone's gonna compete for that so it's like Dude, two years from now, I, I don't even, I can't even fathom what all this is going to be like. It's, it's, it's wild, but just to see how quickly you could do things that would normally take days, weeks, months to do, I can do almost instantly. Oh, yeah. Even like, I don't know, I, I prompt things all the time, uh, even on like the mobile version of like, like I'm looking for, I'm looking for some land right now. Um, and so... I had the other day, I was just like, I came across them with FHA loans and I was just like, hey, uh, explain um, all the various loans here. I'll take into consideration of a veteran. Uh, I want to know the requirements. I want to know like, Dude, interest rates. Dude, laid it Boom. out. <laughs> laid it all out. And I was like, okay. And then I had some other stuff that I was interested about. So like, yeah. I'm using this, taking notes, and then building out kind of a game plan for like what is the best kind of loan to go and buy the land. And oh then- man, that is, that right there is so powerful because it takes research time down to like fractions. Yeah, like I was trying. Like, to, oh, here's my require. Like I automatically it was like, dude, the requirements for these things do make sense. So and I was cool. like, okay, so I know it's this. Yeah, this is what I'm going to be going. So now, you know, if I had the ability to like, like when ChatGPT had internet access, dude, that was some wild stuff. And then some of the other AIs do. If you really want to like, like real really time, roll, like, yeah, or like really roll up your sleeves and like either build something or access something. Like there's other tools out there you can use. I haven't done that. Just mm. the time to dedicate to it. But when it did have for that window of time and had access to the internet, it was like really really powerful no kidding because you could have it return whatever you wanted right and yeah so now like i just think about it from a real estate perspective because that's essentially what i'm using it for it's like for real estate investing i know y'all do some stuff like that too but if i could plug into like air dna and then have it scout like hey spit back the uh areas that are the most traveled with the highest utilization rates mm-hmm. and then let's do an equation on average uh, home price Let's look at also taking into consideration beds, things like that. And then what is upfront capital cost? Play this into my loan. Oh. What is the down payment that I need? And then do this across five states, spit back my best opportunities. Now I go find land that meets this criteria, take my business plan from this, run out a financial model for it. Like to do all of that, which would normally take months, and then being able to do that at scale very quickly through prompts. No, it yeah, it's game changing. You still have to have the vision of what you're wanting to accomplish, and like, you still need like, some experience. And you too. still need some experience. Like if you know things, you can query it better than somebody who doesn't know something. About Correct, it, yeah. whatever that topic is. But to be able to um, get it to do all of these tasks for you is game changing. Yeah, Absolutely. I love how we went from like during 2020, it was all about blockchain and NFTs, and all of a sudden AI just like came in with a tidal wave and just knocked all that out and now it's just all about ai me and john are constantly sending like we we uh, follow all the ai instagrams and tiktoks and stuff and like every day we're sending all these crazy new tools i'm signing up There's for all so this new many. stuff oh, and i know new plugins and <laughs> it's insane it's, man. it's, it's hard to keep up with it's been a blast i appreciate your time uh for the listeners out there connect with jake like you said he's not really on social media but connect with jake through digital wildcatters if you're in the Houston area, you got to check out, sign up for Fuse. Um, yeah, again, appreciate everything you guys are doing, building the community. Man. I'm going to get on Collide and I want to be a contributor. And uh, for the listeners out there, share this. If you haven't, please leave a review, subscribe. Uh, I've got an Instagram channel now. I'm, I'm broadening my horizons. I got a little team helping me with some content and marketing. So uh, again, I'm nowhere near these boys, but uh, again, it's fun having conversations with you and the rest of the group. Nothing always. but the best. And uh, for everyone out there, always remember, everyone deserves access to energy and we is greater than me. Peace. Have you ever thought about what a podcast could do for your B2B business? Well, you might be surprised by the benefits it could offer. Firstly, podcasts provide an amazing opportunity to establish your brand as an industry thought leader. By sharing your insights, experiences, and expert opinions, you position yourself as an authority, gaining the trust and the respect of your audience. Secondly, 
Hosting a podcast is a fantastic way to engage your customers on a deeper level. It's not just about promoting your products and services. It's about providing value through engaging content, fostering strong relationships and loyalty among your listeners. Oh, and did I mention networking? Yes, that's a huge part. Podcasts are an incredible networking tool. When you interview guests from your industry, you're not only creating valuable content, but you're also building relationships that can lead to future partnerships and collaborations. But we know starting a podcast can feel daunting. I've had several people reach out to me lately asking how to create a podcast, and that's where I'm going to try and come in and help. I'm here to help you navigate the podcast world. Reach out to me for a 15-minute call where we can discuss your podcasting ambitions. Whether you're starting from scratch or simply looking to improve your existing show, I'm here to help. And guess what? I have a playbook too, a step-by-step guide to launching a successful podcast, and I can't wait to share it with you. This playbook has everything from topic brainstorming to technical setup to effective promotion strategies, all the essentials for a thriving podcast. So why wait? Get in touch today and let's embark on this podcasting journey together. After all, your voice deserves to be heard. Thanks. Thanks again for listening to another episode of Wicked Energy with JG. And look, if you or your organization wants to start a podcast, please visit my website and sign up for a free guide on how to start a successful podcast. Once you get through it, let me know if you have any questions or getting started. Thanks, and we'll see you next week. Peace.